Well, praise God. I'm glad y'all are here this morning. I'm glad everybody's tuned in out there. Man, I got a message for you this morning. So get your Bibles out and just throw it open. We're going to do a little discussing here this morning. Okay, church, I don't want to be, I, 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 you know, like I realize that sometimes I'm just preaching to the choir, but you've got to realize that we're going out over a broadcast all over everywhere, and so I don't know who's all out there listening and watching. So uh, I'm going to preach this message this morning, and uh, I don't know if there's going to be follow-up on it or whatever, we're just going to see how far we get. But uh, I am just, you know, like, like every day I have to, like my wife has to calm me down before I come to church. You know, like she's like, Robert, you can't go there, you know, calm down, throws water on me, tries to help me get, find the place of reason so I don't just get up here and get on my soapbox and jump up and down and, you know, just, just shout and just become radical or whatever. Anyway, so, uh, but I, I just really feel that like, like right now at this time in this place that it's my job as pastor to, to alarm y'all, to wake you, wake up, to make... You, you, you not just get caught in the complacency. I feel like the world right now, most people are zombies and they're just walking down the road. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening. They're not seeing the big picture. They're not seeing what, what God is trying to do, what the devil is doing. They're just, they're, and, and Christians are walking right along with them. I don't see this big difference between Christians and non-Christians. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? I mean, we see it against Republicans and Democrats, but I don't see anything I want on about Christians and non-Christians. The Christian world is as, is as messed up as a non-Christian world is. You got one preacher saying one thing, another preacher saying something else. You got this and going over here saying this and this and going over there and saying that. What I want y'all to do is I want you to be rock solid knowing what the Word of God says. My job is to get y'all to the place where you are rock solid, that you are hearing conviction of the Holy Ghost, that if you're going down the wrong road, making the wrong decisions, he's going to convict you and get you straight, right? I can't be there to hold your hand all the time, but I can get you to have a relationship with the spirit of the living God. I preached this message a couple of weeks ago, you know, walking in the spirit. And if I can get y'all to do that, then you'll hear God. Everybody say, I want to hear God. Now, you know, now, now there's some, you know, crazies in the world say, oh my gosh, we're talking about hear God, you know, but you do hear God down on the inside of you. You know, when something's wrong. You know when what you're about to do is wrong. How many of y'all have ever heard the still small voice of the Lord saying, keep your mouth shut? <laughs> Hello? Huh? Husbands and wives, you're at a little tiff with each other. And the Holy Spirit says, down on the inside of you, he doesn't announce himself, <clears throat> this is the Holy Spirit. No, he doesn't say that. You just know, down on the inside of you, you should not say something. And then you just couldn't hold your tongue. And you did. Blah. You let it go. And then all of a sudden, man, here we go, right? And then later you say, gosh, I wish I'd have listened to the Holy Spirit, not said anything. Hello? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hearing the voice of God on the inside of you, knowing what's right and wrong. Stopping when there's so much chaos going on, so much going on right now, that you, you, you're, you're like, wait a minute, let's look at this. Is that God or not? You, you have a discernment to know what's taking place. Amen? I don't care it's whether you're going, where you're going shopping. Why not? Why not get the best deal and the best price for the best thing, right? You're going to buy something and you feel that little still small voice saying, no, 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 don't look there. Or wait. Why not wait? Well, next week it came on sale. I mean, come on, that's the spirit of God. Well, so how many of you in here, 
You have chickens. Raise your hand. Holy cow, we're a chicken church. We got chickens everywhere. <laughs> we ain't going to go hungry for eggs, bless God. All right. I don't know. I, I'm sure you know this. I don't have chickens because I'm believing for the tithe. Because <laughs> I don't want to mess with them. <laughs> so y'all just remember this. When the, if anything changes in life and things get where we're not dealing with currency, tithe still has to come into eggs. Meat, everything else. And then I go to the biblical deal of the pastor gets to put his hook in the pot and whatever he pulls out that he gets, okay? And so, it's all biblical, it's all biblical. So anyway, if you have chickens, one of the main things you need to know, and you already know this from experience, is that you cannot have a hole in the chicken coop, Right? You know that there, there are critters that are want to eat your chickens, right? Raccoons, foxes, skunks, whatever. They want to eat what you've got that you're trying to raise. Is that not correct? Can I have an amen? amen. Right? And so it's very important. You don't just walk out there to your chicken coop and say, oh, there's a hole over there. And then go off on your day. You fix it, right? Okay. Well, in the Bible... There's a story in the book of Nehemiah about a young man who was a cupbearer for the king. Now, you can go look at it. Susan, I just said, throw your Bibles on. You can look over there. I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it would take me too long this morning. But in Nehemiah chapter 2, you see there's this young man. And his job is to bring the cup of wine to the king. I don't know if he had to taste it, make sure it wasn't poisoned, or he just was, somebody else did that, and he just actually served the king. Now, I don't know. I don't want to talk ill about him, but it doesn't seem like it was a very difficult job, right? If you just could get the wine in the glass and not spill it before you got there, I don't know what else he could have done, right? So it wasn't a difficult job. I didn't think it doesn't look like one that has to take a, a high skill level to do. Am I right? Y'all with me? But this young man loved God. And one day he just got to, because Ezra's already gone back. Ezra's already been building the temple. They knew that, the, that God had called him back, that he could see that that was the move of God going on. He could see that was where revival was, if you let me say it that way. And he could see that that was what was going on. And he wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to be a part of the move of God. And so he's thinking about it all the time until it finally compels him to where he, one day he's sad-faced in front of the king. And the king says, why are you sad-faced? What's going on? Looks like your best dog died. And he said, well, honestly, he said, all my people are back and they're building the temple up over there, and, but it's not finished and, 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 and that needs more work done. And I really would like to go do the work. So the king says, okay, let's make it happen. Right? I mean, I'm paraphrasing all this. You can go read it. It's there. So... Gives him a letter, tells him he can go. Nehemiah declares the good hand of God is upon my life. It's one of the scriptures that really impacted me in life, that when God's hand's on you, man, you are blessed. And he takes off to go build the wall around Jerusalem. Now, this is where I'm at. What skill level did he have to do it? What qualified him to go rebuild walls when all he ever's job was, was bringing a cup to the king. I don't know. 
But that didn't seem to faze him. What he did was he knew that he had a mission for God. And today I want you to understand something. When you leave today, I want you to be encouraged that each and every one of you, you have a mission from God. Each and every one of you, no matter who you are, where you are, what your circumstances, what your situation, you have a mission from God. And if you're willing to step into it, you'll see the good hand of God upon your life and he'll lead you and he'll guide you and he'll direct you. If you sit around and say, oh, I've done too much. I can't do anything for God. Well, then the devil's already defeated you and you're not going to get anything done. Now, why is it important to build the walls? The same reason it's important to plug the hole in the chicken coop. Building the walls, they had the temple built, but they didn't have the walls built and the gates were torn down. So that meant any thief, robber, you know, marauders, uh, bandits, raiders, whatever you want to call them, could just come into the city. There was nothing to, to be defended. And I dare to say that Christians have sat around too long not repairing the chicken coop of their life. Letting that devil tear holes in your wire, letting the rats come in and eat up the floor, letting this word, that word, this hurt, this pain, this circumstance, this situation, this whatever, tear your walls down, knock your gates off the hinges and burn them. And they've not repaired them. And it's time for Christians to grab hold of the word of God and start repairing their walls, taking assessment. The first thing Nehemiah did when he got there is he got on his horse, got on his donkey, and he rode the whole perimeter looking and making notes of what needed to be done. Well, the wall over here has got, you know, we've got to build that up 10 foot, you know, whatever here and that gate over there got burnt, you know, we've got some latches over here. We got, you know, and he made this whole assessment. And let me ask you a question. All right. Don't get offended with me. Because I'm just preaching. Take it up with Jesus. But how many of you are still dealing with the past? How many of you are still dealing with the breach that came upon your wall 20 years ago? And you've just been looking at it and sad about it. And oh, look at that hurt. And oh, look at that pain. Oh, look, I got a hole over there. Well, it's time to stop sitting there saying, oh, I got a hole. And it's time to say, okay, Lord, show me. How do I fix the hole? Because I believe, church, and I don't, I mean, man, y'all tell me in a couple of years, you can just say, Pastor, he is all stirred up for nothing. You just throw eggs at me if I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, things are going to get worse before they get better. I am not looking for what's coming down the road to be something that we're just going to be in great la-la land. I'm looking for it's going to be a fight, a struggle. I see too much craziness unleashed. I see too much going on. I see people that are in charge that have no sense. And I just believe that it's not going to get easier. It's going to get worse. And then what we've got to do as Christians, it's time for us to come together in community. It's time for us to learn and grow with one another. But we're not going to be any good if we got a fox in our hen house. So we got to get our walls built. We got to take assessment of our lives. Now, listen to me. Go to Romans 1.16. That's where I want to start. Romans 1.16. Great scripture. Romans 1.16. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power. Everybody say power. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now listen to this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In other words, he says, the gospel is the power of God. 
Hear what I'm saying to you. Do you know how much word, do you know how much word, Bible word, gets, let's just say today, gets launched on a Sunday? But how many people believe the word so that it brings power into their life? And how many people, they just hear the word and it just falls to nothing? I don't like this, but it's the truth. Jesus said that there's, you, you, I got a one in four chance this morning. I could count y'all off this morning and say one, two, three, four. Okay, they got it. One, two, three, four. They got it. One, two, three, four. They got it. Because it says in the parable of the sower, there was only one out of four got the word into their heart and on good ground. So I believe, you know, of course, I'm, I'm going to believe God that I got 100% this morning. That y'all had to, you know, dodge the deer and, and fight to get up here, and it wasn't an easy trip for you, and you had to, you know, watch the coon that ran across the road, you had to get out there and patch the chicken coop this morning, you had to go through all that stuff to get here this morning, get all the cows fed, horses fed, and get up here to church, so you got to be some of the hungry ones that are going to hear the Word of God. But the truth of the matter is, one out of four is all that's going to hear the Word of God and let it get sown in their heart. So there's a lot of Word going out today all over the world, but the only people that are believing that word are going to receive the power of God in their life and be able to have victory. The other one's just falling on deaf ears, falling off. Sitting there for a little bit, springs up, and then nobody takes care of it. So he says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. He was kind enough not to say to those of you who don't believe, well, you're stupid. But to those of you that believe, you're going to receive the power of God. Do you realize the only thing stopping the power of God from coming into your life and repairing your wall in life is you? Hallelujah. Someone once said to me, yeah, God's the most powerful thing on earth. And I said, no, not really. If you look at it, the most powerful thing on earth is you because you can stop God from moving in your life. You think about that for a minute. God, I'm telling you this morning, God is for each and every one of you right now. He loves you. He loves you totally and completely. He has an unending love for you. He wants to have a good future for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to, 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 to give you peace. He wants to pour grace and mercy on you. God is for you today. I can guarantee you that everyone watching, God is for you right now. And the only reason why God's not moving in your life is because you either have so many holes in your wall that the foxes are coming in and stealing the blessings before it ever gets to you. I mean, it's like, like, come on, folks. We do this in nature, but we don't apply it to our life spiritually. You go out to the hen house, and the fox came in there, and he ate two of your chickens. You don't get mad at the rest of the chickens. Stupid chickens. What's the matter with you? Why didn't y'all defend the other one that got eaten? You don't get mad at the manufacturer of the hen house. Am I right? Immediately, you look to who stole from you what the creature is and start making a plan to kill it. Yes, that's right. Kill it. We're not going to relocate it. All right. Now, that's just that's just normal country reasoning, isn't it? There ain't a thing wrong with that. That is normal country reasoning. You don't go outside, you know, and do anything, but try to figure out what the predator was that stole from you and stop the predator from stealing. Yet we go out there in our own lives 
And we live our human lives and we just go out there and let the devil just pounce on us here and pounce on us there. We don't have our walls up. We got our gates down. They're all burnt. We're remembering things from the past. We're hurt from that over there. We're hurt from this over here. Oh, that hurt me. Oh, I mean, this happened when I was two. And so we've got it over there and, and you're just going through all this thing. The devil's just coming up. He just, all he has to do is just, just flick some little something at you and you fall to pieces that day and he steals from you. And then we get mad at God because God didn't do something. Everybody always wants to blame God. God's fault of everything. Why didn't God do this? Why didn't God do that? Why didn't you do something? It says the power of the gospel is in your life if you just believe. And we just don't even look at the predator. That's what gets me. We don't call the devil the devil. I want to say this, and if it, and God, forgive me, those of y'all watching, if they chop me off, pff, chop me off. I mistakenly watched, looked at a read an article the other day from uh, the woman who used to be the head of Planned Parenthood, and she was giving advice on what we should do about COVID. And I thought to myself, huh, isn't it funny? Now, no offense intended here, but isn't that funny that our government's listening to her and her advice. And if Hitler was here and was standing up, nobody would listen to him because he killed 6 million Jews, but people would listen to her even though 40 million babies have been killed. And nobody labels her as a murderer. And Hitler's, you know, this demon. But he only killed 6 million, and they've killed over 40 million. And that's not even brought up. Nobody's even going to think that. Nobody's going to call that wrong. Nobody's going to stand up and say, that's wrong. All the craziness of stuff going on right now, all the things they want to teach our kids in school, and nobody wants to stand up and say, do y'all not know that that's going to make everybody a racist? When you start judging a person by their skin color and saying that person's not right or that person's not right or that person's not right because of their skin color, never listening to what their character, their moral, or whatever anything else is in their life. And we're not going to call it wrong. Folks, listen to me. Why do we do that? Why do we let the devil steal from us and kill and destroy and we blame it on God? And we say, he's the one. Why didn't you do this, God? Why didn't you deliver me? Why did I go through this? Whatever. Look, you got to get the walls and the holes and the gates built in your life surrounding you. Get them strong so you can defend them now. Not next year. Now. Because I believe the onslaught hadn't even started yet. And if you're faltering now, you're not going to make it down the road. Now's the day to get your, your relationship with Jesus strong, to get your walls built, to know that God is with you, that you have, a, you have something to defend. And it starts with understanding where the power of God comes in your life. It comes through your faith and belief in the word of God. If you can't take God at his promise and believe that his promise is true, then folks, you have nothing to stand on. If you're trying to be moved by feelings and emotions, you're going to be sorry. You're going to feel you're going to, you're in a wrong place. If you're trying to be moved by feelings and emotions, you know, like right now, I've heard several people say this. Yeah, this is the coolest July we've ever had. This is just great. This is the coolest July we've ever had. And I'm like, it doesn't make any difference. It's Texas summer. I'm not going to sit here and rejoice over one thing or the next. I'm just going to keep walking because tomorrow I know that tomorrow it could be 120 degrees baking the skin right off your flesh out here. That's just Texas, okay? So I, I, I'm just saying, 
I, I, I expect it. I don't, I'm not, ex, you know, like I'm not hoping for it, but I'm just like, whatever temperature is, I'm going to endure with it. I'm not going to be moving my feet. And if I have to go outside and work, I have to go outside and work. I would like it to be cooler, but there's no sense griping about it. It's not going to get me anywhere. Okay. We got to believe that the power of God comes from the gospel. If we don't believe that the power of God comes from the good news that God has set us free, well, then folks, listen to me. You don't have anything to stand on. So go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. You see, what I see happening is that there's a lot of people out there in the world that say they're Christians. And they, so they or say they're Christians because they believe that when they die, they're going to go to heaven. But right now, what God needs is an army. Hear what I'm saying? God needs an army. He doesn't need somebody that's just going to drop dead and show up in heaven. He needs somebody that's going to get something done. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things seen, not seen. What is faith? Listen to me. What is faith this morning? Well, faith is the substance. Faith is a substance. Faith is not a, a whim. Faith is not a whisper. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an emotion. Faith has substance to it. Faith brought you to church this morning. Whatever it is you believe that it was right to come to church this morning, to tune into the broadcast this morning, whatever you're doing, you believe faith took you to this place. It's a substance. It has substance. It's not some mystical thing. Faith is not some voodoo, hoodoo, mystical out there. Faith has substance to it. It moves and motivates you in life to do something. That's what it says. Faith is some of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. Yes. Listen to me. How many of y'all this morning, and don't raise your hands, and husbands, man, be careful on this one. Don't get caught. <laughs> How many of you this morning are wearing a shirt or a dress to church this morning that you think is ugly and you bought it because you thought it was ugly? See, that's why I said some husband may be sitting there thinking, I hate this shirt my wife bought me. <laughs> but keep your mouth shut. No, you go out and you did it because you were attracted to it. You thought that looked pretty or you thought that looked nice or you thought that fit good or you did that. Your faith motivated you to buy it. It's a substance. It's an evidence of something. You did that because something moved you to do it. You had substance to it. Are you all with me? So faith is not some mystical thing. Faith is a substance. Faith is what moves you and motivates you in life. Hebrews eleven six says it's faith that pleases God. Listen, it's not works. It's not your perfect church attendance. It's not how many gold stars you got on your, 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 your chart. No, 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 no. It's faith, your faith in believing in him and trusting in him. That's like, I just loved it when Pastor Charles last week, they said, what are you going to do if you, get co- if you get COVID? And he said, I will recover. That's what you should be saying. <clears throat> Hello? Goes with everything. It's faith that pleases God. Is your faith in God today? Is your faith in God to get your walls rebuilt? Or are you believing in science? Are you believing in mysticism or crystals? Or, or, you know, you've given up on believing in anything and you just want to feel good. So you're just doing drugs. You see, faith motivates us for everything that we do. It's what pleases God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Look here. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Listen, faith, faith has this ability. 
it's not an ability. Faith, your faith looks at the promise of God, not at what's seen out there, but at what's seen here. Listen to what I'm saying. You can't conjure an imagination in your mind and say that's faith, right? Faith is looking at the promise of God. God, you said I'm going to be blessed. <laughs> God, I just stand on your promise today. I'm going to be blessed. I'm a blessed man. Psalms 5 and 12 says I'm surrounded by a shield of favor. I'm going to walk today in favor. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't matter what you saw out there. You're looking at the promise. Amen. See, it's not mystical. It's just where you're focusing your attention. So then why can't you say, well, Lord, I thank you. My walls are going to get rebuilt. I'm not going to feel sad today. You promised to restore me. You promised to heal my heart. You promised that, 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 that no weapon that's formed against me, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment is going to be condemned. That's what you said, Lord. So then isn't that the same thing as saying, instead of sitting around saying, yeah, I know I've got so hurt over here. I got hurt back here and there. Hurt me. Go fix the wall. Go fix the breach. Quit standing there talking about the enemy came through this gate. I remember back, 36, when the enemy come through that gate. Rip down that thing right there. Burn it right there. Quit sitting around talking about that. Well, it happened and it hurt. Okay, get over it. There's the gate. Let God rebuild it. Come over here and find what the word of God says. It says no weapon is going to form against you. It says the next time they come, God's going to shoot arrows out of heaven towards them. I mean, come on. Folks, we serve a supernatural God. We serve a real God. I just need to go to a faith motivator. I just need to go hear a motivational message. I need to get it. No, you just need to rebuild your wall. You need to start listening to the Holy Ghost and believing the word of God's true. You need to start believing that there's power in the gospel. That the greatest thing you can do is get hold of the word of God. How much time do we sit around complaining? Look, I'm just like everybody else. Honestly, I don't want the enemy to come attack my wall. I don't want to have to go through a battle. I don't want to have to put up with it. I don't want to go through what we're going through right now. I don't want to have ever had to mess with COVID. I don't ever want to have to make the decisions about wearing masks or this or that or the other or what's right, this right or that right. I don't want to have to do that. I don't like wake up in the morning and say, great, we get to go out and fight. I wish we had peace. Everything was good. But I know one thing, they pushed me too far. Because, see, I'm not going to bow my knee to anybody but Jesus. And I, I love to be an American. I love to be from Texas. But when it boils right down to it, I bow my, no knee, my knee to no one but Jesus. And I want to get my instructions from heaven, not the CDC. And some people say, well, you're just an ignorant you know, person, and you don't know anything about science and the science of that. I say, no, I'm a very smart person because I know the greatest one, the one that made my body and made everything about my body. And I want to know what he has to say before I do anything. Amen. Hello? Amen. I mean, do you know how many times I sit around and say, Lord, it's not fair. As we get older, we should be able to eat whatever we want and not gain weight because we're old and we've, we've, we've gone through the endurance of life. And so now we should just get to enjoy the golden years of life by eating whatever we want. And it doesn't affect us. That seems more logical, Lord. And I've pleaded with him, talked to him about that, said, man, Lord, you know, the young people that's got all this energy, they should be the ones having to deal with all that. Not us. I love it when I talk to younger guys and, 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 and you know, they're just getting to be 50 and, you know, then they think they went blind. 
because now they had to have a pair of, you know, 1.2 readers or something, you know. <laughs> Think a catastrophe's happened. I can't see. I'm blind. So now you're 50. Or then you hear the story that, you know, something must be wrong in their system because they tripped and fell down, and you're like, <laughs> wait till you jump out of the back of your truck, and then it feels like somebody shocked you with the the that are trying to bring you back from your feet to the top of your head and you say, oh God, why did I do that? Wait till that day comes. As a young man building houses, he used to walk, I used to walk a two by four on a two-story building all day long, putting rafters on, just walk the top of the two by four. Didn't, no, no big deal. Now I can't get on a two by 12 laying on the ground, not true. If that baby wobbles just a little bit, I'm like, whoa, whoa, yo. So as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't have to put up with that kind of stuff. But anyway, we have to change our thinking. Do you hear me this morning? We have to change our thinking. Hebrews 12, 2, you hear this all the time. Hebrews 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know that renewing, that word renewing, like to me, renewing would mean like you charge the battery, like it was a good battery and you put a charger on it and then you up the juice. That's to me what the word renew means, but that's not what it means. It means a complete change for the better. That's what the word renewing means. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the complete change for the better of your thinking. That's what it says. You're going to have to change your thinking. And so what I'm learning in life, there's no sense complaining about all this stuff. There's no sense complaining about the things that are going on in my body. There's no sense complaining about it. It is what it is. Deal with it. Go on. Build up around that wall. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit what to do. And go on. There's no sense messing with it. There's no sense sitting around. Because the bottom line is you're not going to figure it out. Because complaining ain't going to get you nowhere. Like two days ago, I, I, I was taking a shower and I looked down. I got a big old bruise on the back of my calf. The first thought came to me is, what happened? Where did I get that? And you know what I said? Uh, Lord, heal that thing back there because I'm not even going to talk about it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how I got it. I don't know what was in there. I don't remember anything hitting me or touching me. But, you know, a blade of grass might have hit the back of my leg. <laughs> you just don't figure on that stuff anymore. There's no sense talking about it. Just believe God and go on. Okay, go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians 3, 1. It says, then if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things, not on the on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. OK, you if you're going to start renewing your mind, you've got to know what the word of God says. That's a given. If you don't read your Bible, you're not going to know what the word of God says. So then how for how, what are you going to know what the promises are? OK. I mean, that's just, that's just 101, right? But you've got to set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. But right now, it seems like the, the enemy is continually trying to get us to set our minds on the things of this earth. All right? Now they're trying to get us to lose our First Amendment right of having freedom of speech. And then they're going to tell us what is the correct information. And I'm like... Who are you to tell me what the correct information is? Because I don't believe that what you've said is truth. So how are you going to be the one that's going to set up and give me truth? I believe that's called. Yeah, propaganda. 
All right? So my point is, I, again, don't want what they're telling me. I want what God is telling me. We've got to set our thoughts on the things above. You telling me God's up there biting his fingernails off saying, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about the mask mandate? What are we going to do about COVID? Oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? There's a variant now. I don't know, folks. Just. I mean, you go tell me. No, I just don't want to get cut off. You got to set your mind on the things above. And so you're telling me what all I'm saying is you, you, you can't tell me that God cannot give you an answer for your life in his living word. So all I'm saying is I'm not going to go to the Internet to find my truth. I am going to find my truth right here every morning with a cup of coffee. What does God say? End of story. And if you're over there thinking you're just going to, you know, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And uh, you know, well, then I'm just telling you, you're barking up the wrong tree. You still got holes in your 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 gate over there or your wall over there and the fox is going to come in they're going to steal your vine they're going to steal your fruit how many of y'all ever had a peach tree and oh you've been looking out there at that peach Woo! i'm gonna get that peach pretty soon and then you get out there to get it and somebody else got it right and you don't say well i guess the squirrel needed it more than me you say squirrels you go in you get the shotgun you sit out there you wait where's that squirrel May not even be the squirrel that ate the peach. You're going to shoot him, you know. Something's going to die. He ate your peach. <laughs> well, you got to get that aggressive with the devil and him stealing from you in life, stealing you and causing you to feel worried, causing you to feel fearful, causing you to feel anxious, causing you to feel angry, causing you to feel mad, causing you to lose your peace. Get mad at the devil and say, no more. Are you going to do that to me? This is what God's word says. I'm going to believe it. And the power of the gospel is coming in my life. Amen. Then you'll have some victory. Okay, then you'll have some victory. I want to show you this. I'm going to skip a bunch, and I want to jump down. Uh, I want to go look there again at, at uh, no, I've got to go to Colossians 1.12. Colossians 1.12. i got to get this real quick, and then I can get to that other. Look what God says about you. Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Oh, God qualified you. Everybody say, I'm qualified. You're qualified for victory. You are qualified for the power of God to work in your life. You are qualified to walk in success. God said you are, so you are. You have not been disqualified. You're qualified. Then he has delivered you from the power of darkness and conveyed us unto the kingdom of the son of his love. So if he's delivered me from the power of darkness, then why am I allowing darkness to rule my life? Why am I allowing darkness to set my mood? Well, life is hard and you don't understand. No, I understand. You've got a hole in your wall. You need to be working, fixing it. Every time I want to sit down and have a pity party about anything. I stop myself and I say, Robert, do you realize that God reached out with his strong right arm and saved you from a life of misery? And you're going to go to heaven for eternity in his glory because of that. And I just stop and I say, that don't make no difference what's going on. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I'm headed to heaven. I'm saved. Bless God. I'm going up, not down. Y'all with me? Amen. Because, see, folks, what are you going to do? You're going to sit around? 
Listen, I'm sorry bad things happen. We live in a fallen world. We live in the middle of a curse. But that doesn't mean we can't repair our walls, build us a castle, get us in there and have the power of God work in our lives. Doesn't mean we can't stand up and say, no, 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 no. I believe I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God works in my life. Oh, that's just religion. No, you may have religion. We have power of God in our lives. He makes me happy in the middle of adversity. Matter of fact, he says, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. I'm waiting for that. I've practiced just in the back of my truck, but I mean, I'm waiting for that and coming on. But I believe if I'm ever faced with the troop, boy, give me two minutes of some kind of great ninja anointing. All right. But look at this. So he's qualified you. He's delivered you. Right. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You're forgiven. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. And that all things are in heaven or that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities, powers. So then he, he put me in the kingdom of the guy who's in charge. So he qualified you. Look at this. He qualified you. He delivered you. And then he placed you under the charge of the one who's ultimately in charge. King Jesus is in charge. King Jesus is in charge. He rules over my life. But look at verse 21. Paul like already knew it was going to happen. Colossians 1.21. And you who once were alienated and enemies. Oh, wow. Where? Where does it say it was? Oh, you were alienated in your mind. By wicked works. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, what we want as Christians is you want me to, like, poke some holes in my holy water up here. And then have everybody come by and I can hose you down. And then, then you just go home and everything's perfect. And I wish I could do it because I'd have some fun doing it. <laughs> I would give anything for one of those if we could work up, I've even tried to get the board to go along with him, but they wouldn't do it. Get one of them things that the Catholic priest has got. He puts the holy water in it, slings it, looks like a mic. Man, that just looks like so much fun. See if I could hit that person way back there, you know? That just looks like, man, I would like it. But that's what we want, right? We want it to be easy. We want it to be fast. We want it to be drive through window service. But Paul knew this was going to happen. Look what he said. He said, you were alienating your minds, and then he presented you holy and blameless. And he says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. So in other words, the gospel is only going to work if you allow the gospel to work. Or you could say it this way, the gospel is only going to work if you let the gospel work. So then we want to blame it on God. It's his fault that it didn't work, but it's truly not his fault. It's ours. How many of you have ever got the grass mowed in your yard without actually having to go out there and mow the grass or pay somebody to mow the grass? Have you ever just sat on the porch and looked at it and thought about it? Grass be mowed. And it got mowed. No, you had to put some effort, didn't you? Isn't it funny that we complain that it doesn't rain and then it rains and we complain that we have to mow grass? Sounds like to me we're just typically complainers. But it says here, 
If you continue in the faith, grounded, steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope. (laughs) Not moved away from the hope of the gospel. That gospel that has power in your life. If you by faith walk in it. Are y'all seeing this? Okay. So I want to finish here. Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience into which, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to be put off. Uh, now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, which there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian. Okay, so he keeps on going through here. Let me skip down a little bit. He says, well, here it is. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and bluff, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. If you go read through chapter 3 here and you look at this, Paul paints a picture of what we should have a vision for who we want to be in life. Okay? It's not mystical. He's just putting forth a vision here and saying, look, don't be this person, be this person. So I put it to you today is if the first part of that chapter is in your life, the wrath, the malice, the all of that, that's where the hole is in your wall. Fix it. Go fix it. You don't... (laughs) You don't need to pray about it. Say, Lord, you know, I, I just want to, I'm just angry today, and I'd like to kill somebody. But I think that's okay, right? No. The Bible says forgive. It says just like Jesus forgave you, you forgive. Well, I don't want to forgive. Okay, you got a hole in your wall, so just be quiet when the fox comes in and eats your chickens. Don't get mad. Don't say, God, why is the fox coming in? That's not fair. There shouldn't be a fox. I don't want a fox. You got to fix the hole. If you're letting the fox come in, it's nobody's fault but your own. You need to shoot the fox. Don't relocate it. It'll come back. Get rid of the fox. If you don't want to get rid of the foxes, you don't want to get rid of the predators, then they're gonna, you might as well go out of the chicken business. Are y'all with me? <clears throat> I mean, there's some things that, you know, don't, stand to reason. It's like some of the states wanting to reintroduce the wolf. And uh, I don't know if y'all ever seen a real wolf. It's not like a little, like you want to pet it. Right? It's a killing machine. They're huge. But we want to reintroduce them because there's not many of them. But you're going to have to put up with what they're going to eat because they eat meat. You're not going to make them vegetarians. You can't take a wolf and make him a vegetarian. He's not going to do it. So then you have to put up with that. Well, that could mean humans. Because a wolf will eat a human. I own a, I own a gun, uh, a 
that I bought from a man when I was 16 who had been in the Northwest Territory up in up above Canada, and he was a trapper. And he told me the story that he that gun saved his life because the wolves were trying to get him that night. He couldn't get back to his cabin. He had to spend a night out there with fire ring around him and the wolves coming in. And he had to, that gun was the only thing he had to defend his life or they would have eaten him. And to me, that's one of my most valuable guns I have. Price wise, it's not worth that much. But the story behind it makes it all worthwhile. Right. Well, I'm just telling you, folks, some of you, it's time to get your gun out and shoot the wolf. Quit trying to introduce the wolf into your life and get along with it. He's going to bite you every time. Don't pet a snake. You're going to get bit. Quit messing with sin. It's going to bite you. Get rid of it. Call it what it is. Call it a predator and get rid of it. And get a vision like this for your life. This is the man or woman I want to be. This is the man of God or woman of God that I want to be. Put this vision within your life. I want to be a person of love. I want to be a person of peace. I want to be a person who walks in the power of the gospel. You see, what's funny about it is there's two sides to this thing. And I'm finishing, but I just think this is always funny. <clears throat> you, you, we, we think, especially men, in order to walk in love, then you just think everybody's going to run over you. You're just going to be, you know, a... a, a Rug, a rug, rug, I won't say a rug mat. <laughs> doormat, thank you very much. You're just going to be a doormat. Everything's going to be bad. Nothing's going to be good. You're going to be a sissy, you know, whatever. But, you know, Elisha was a man who walked with God. And when they started teasing him about just being bald-headed, that's all it was. They were teasing him for being bald-headed. And he called out a she-bear and she ate him. So my point is, people better watch out, you know, because it just could happen. I don't know where guys are going to find a she-bear around here, but you follow what I'm saying? I just want to be a man of God, and I'm going to believe in the power of God to take care of me and to do whatever he needs to do. And, and, you know, I believe we're getting into the days of calling fire down from heaven. I really do believe it. I believe that God wants us to walk in the supernatural. I believe that he wants us to walk in what's right, and what's wrong is going to get put down, and what's right is going to get exalted, and we just got to be on the right side. And I want to be on the side of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so let's start looking at our walls. Let's start being like Nehemiah and go taking assessments and looking around and finding the holes. Ask the Holy Ghost to show it to you. Ask the Holy Ghost to show you where you got a breach. Amen? Amen? And then let me tell you what. You're going to be fine the greatest, amazing power of God flowing in your life. Amen? Well, put your Bibles down and let's stand up. Can I have my prayer team come down today, please? I just want to encourage you, everybody out there watching, listen, Jesus is the greatest thing in the world, and if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, well, then right now you just can commit your life to him by simply stopping and saying, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be a part of my life. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I want to be saved. And he will touch you right wherever you are. There is no distance. There's no place that's too far and nobody's too far gone that God can't reach you. If you'll just cry out to him. If you're in here today and you're not sure that if you, if, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. Well, that's why I have prayer team people up here. We've got prayer team people up here just to pray for you if you just need prayer. But that's why they're here is to be a part and to help you in life. So if you're not sure, don't leave the building. Come up here and pray with one of these. If you just need 
prayer for anything, we're here for you. But I want to bless you right now as we go. And I just want to believe God's good hand is upon you. And just like Nehemiah, you're going to find those places in your walls to repair. So, Father, I ask you to bless the people. Bless them today, Lord God. As we leave this building, I thank you we're not leaving your spirit. And I just declare, Holy Ghost, you to continue to show us where we have holes in our walls, where we have things going on in life that we need built, where we need repaired, where we need blocked. And, Lord, that you show it. And then, Lord, when we, the, the amazing power of the gospel is then you just fix it in Jesus' name as we yield it to you. And so, Lord, I thank you for touching people's hearts, touching people's lives. I thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon us, Lord God, that we will not be lazy Christians, but we will be Christians who are ready to be in the army of God to do what you called us to do. And so bless them, Lord God, as we go. Bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.